0: Hey friends, welcome to Sober Curious Adventures. Today is day 30. We have made it to the end of Sober November. I am personally still canna sober, but that was really loud. But I've gotten into wine. Today I have Cousin Lala with me as usual.
1: Hi friends, 30 days down and... I guess another 30 to go. I really want to stay sober. Definitely looking forward to the end of the year. What are you? Do you want to stay sober for the rest of the year? Cousin, it's currently
0: seven eleven p.m. We have what? 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12? Is that five hours? Less than five hours to go? Until December 1st? I am tiptoeing on breaking sobriety as we know we have that well I have that camping trip happening so I'm securing the fort and I'm ready to go I just want to be in nature I want to open up my mind if I end up you know cannibalizing myself well I'll let you guys know on the next cast but honestly I do want to stay sober for a little longer I'm thinking of doing 60 days end of the year End of the year would be a good cleanse, so I'm I'm excited. A little update from well, I want to compare what how we started, how I started at the beginning of the month. I enjoy exercising. I never thought I would say that. That's pretty funny. Um, I've gotten into wine recently. I think I want to take a few wine classes. Um, what else have I gotten into? I think overall my mind is healthier. I think in the last the last episode I talked about not thinking about unaliving myself. And that is one of the biggest changes that I have really noticed. Like I don't think negatively anymore. Like if I have a problem, I can solve my problems. So I am I feel good. I feel great. Any plans for the next month, cousin?
1: No, I definitely plan on uh, sticking to this regimen. Uh, it's interesting that you're going camping because the last time I went camping, shit was like maybe four years ago. And it was definitely, definitely a cannabis-fueled camping trip. There's something about being in nature that, I don't know, it it, it just pairs perfectly with cannabis, maybe even mushrooms. Do you, do you plan on taking mushrooms at all during your camping trip?
0: I really want, I want to take some psilocybin, consume psilocybin. I want the forest to just engulf me. Yeah, I think, I think that's where I'm headed, but I'm still not sure because I don't want to reverse what I've done to myself. And that's a really hard line to walk right now. Like it's the holidays. Like my part of the family hosting is done. But now we're deep diving into it where it's like, wow, I feel overwhelmed. Uh, Your mother usually hosts Christmas. Any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, she usually hosts Christmas at my childhood house. And this year it's going to be at another relative's house. Um, Now, they just it's a new house that they just bought. It kind of makes sense showing off the new place. Um, I kind of. I like it for my mom. It's less stress. But um, I also hear that a lot of people are upset that they actually want it at my mother's house. Um, you know, and I haven't done it for the past couple of years, but I used to do a full coffee bar setup. Um, you know, so that was a lot of fun. But yeah, she's kind of like half and half. It's like, it's like, she's kind of, she's glad that it's not at her house, but she's like a little, little upset you know a little sad too have you heard a similar sentiment in our family
0: i i haven't but i will say i do love going to your house for christmas because your mom starts decorating in september in september i think that's wild and i love it and then she full-blown like she full-blows decorates like right after halloween i believe like she puts everything out it's a winter wonderland in your home i love that you guys have two christmas trees i love being greeted by stockings in october that's just prime that is prime mothering right there and i only hope to emulate that when i have kids i want my house to be a winter wonder winter wonderland yep but no i haven't really heard i haven't heard any like you know qualms I'm kind of shocked that I hear that but I get it because it's such a tradition to go to your home and like when the kids open up the gifts like they're all called around I love doing that when we were kids but I'm excited that our other relative is hosting like it's always a blessing to host and you know to have that anxiety taken off of you so yeah I think your mom I think your mom is low-key happy about it
1: yeah it gets me thinking about the future like what is it what is Christmas gonna look like in twenty years when we're you know we're gonna be the the elders right your sisters. yeah 'cause you have you have your house and it's it's really nice but it's just like fuck you're 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 an exception you're you're one of the few homeowners it's it's not common nowadays for our generation to own houses i mean how do you what do you feel like christmas the holidays are going to be like down the line
0: I feel like holidays should be naturally inherited, inherent, inherited. I can't say that word. How do you say that? Inherid, inherited? inherited, <laughs> inherited, inherited. So in 20 years, I, not even 20 years, I feel, I feel like your sister's going to take Christmas. I tried to make Easter my thing, but it didn't really work out because I don't have kids. So it ended up just being crawfish. But then I didn't want to take that from my brother because my favorite holiday that they do is my niece's birthday where they just go crawfish boiling. So, um, it isn't, it, it's not normal. Well, it's not a normal thing for people to own homes, homes anymore. And I was reading about that. Uh, it was, I think it was the shade room on Instagram. Someone was saying, there was a post where it said, oh, our elders are getting old. It's time for you to host. And the comments were just like, oh, I would love to host, but I don't have a house for it. So, I don't know. Like, I feel like once our family or our elders that really do participate in having family events die off. I don't know how it's going to be. I really would like family to stay like close-knit but I don't know if you feel that there's like a like unweaving happening where where it's okay like there were some times where we didn't have family gatherings and it felt weird but it also felt okay because sometimes I feel like there's a silent competition happening and I don't like that I want everyone to win, like, literally everyone in our family. Because, like, when I do say I love all my cousins, I really mean
1: it. I mean, that genuine love, I mean, you can't refute that. For sure, I'd say you care the most in our family, and it shows. Um, I am a little bit scared for the future because I do feel that unweaving that you mentioned. And, I mean, it's a little sad because we grew up in amazing amazing times in the 90s i mean we could we could just sit and talk about that fuck i mean that was before weed that was before the internet um but no we were really really close growing up um with family gatherings and i just feel like i mean the passing of the torch i don't know if we could if we'll do it justice you know we'll do it honor um i feel like i mean not even to mention holidays, but I'm like our recipes. Like, who's gonna keep our recipes, right? Like, who's gonna who's gonna learn how to cook? I feel like you're basically the only one. I mean, your brother and claims to know some recipes, but I, I don't. I don't feel like his um, his repertoire is 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 complete. I mean, would you would you agree with that sentiment?
0: I have a fear that I'm going to forget recipes. I'm trying to get as much from my mom as possible. Uh, when when my grandma died, you know, she she lived with us for a while, and I was able to, you know, learn a lot. Like I I think a lot of my childhood was in the kitchen. Like, do you remember that boys with boys, girls with girls? So I I believe I have retained a lot of the recipes and how to do things. You know, like culturally not with like electronics like I can make ube with hand <laughs> by hand I can do I can do a lot of things when I think about that but because I have changed my diet so drastically and kept to that and because you know my husband is not filipino I and you know he he has a different kind of taste in food because filipino food is very carb and then soup, soupy, versus American food where it's not as, it's not soupy. It's You can't be like, it's not as soupy. It's not soupy. They have the vegetable, meat, and starch versus our food is all in one pot. And then rice. <laughs> <laughs> but um, did you notice that there's not much Filipino food happening at our family gatherings now? If it's not, you know, your mom cooking or an older relative, like even some of our aunties and uncles, they don't, they don't bring Filipino food. And I'm like, whoa, what the heck? So I am going to make it a purpose to start bringing Filipino dishes. So Thanksgiving, I might bring kaltoreta. Yeah, I think that's it. Because Filipino food is more than just lumpia and halo halo. Like I want to bring cultural dishes. Like our our true culture, I think I'm gonna start doing that. You know that you now that you brought it up, I was feeling that for a long time. So, do you know how to cook Filipino food?
1: Yeah, not even, not even close. I mean, um, to be honest, it's like you said when we were growing up, boys with boys, girls with girls. So, I was never brought into the kitchen and, and made to cook. I um, mean, grew up pretty traditional, but I do feel a little bit of sadness that I, I didn't pay attention. Like I'm helping my grandpa cook sometimes. I mean, but it's just, it's very basic stuff because he's having trouble like holding, um, you know, pots and, you know, like deep frying stuff that takes a little bit of, um, a little bit of muscle. He has a little bit of a tremor. So I, I help him out here and there, but I feel like, I mean, sadly, a lot of the recipes are going to die with him, And that, that, that kind of scares me a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, growing up, I remember, I mean, definitely, I remember you being in the kitchen with your mom, like, as, you know, I'd spend summers with y'all, and whenever you'd get home from the grocery store, it would just, you know, me and your two brothers, we'd go off and play video games, but you'd be in the kitchen, helping your mom unpack all the groceries and stuff like that. Um, Yeah, I I feel like this is, um, we're gonna go off on a little bit of tangent here, but I feel like in yeah, and, and a couple of generations like like you said our our aunts and uncles that are like you know older than us they don't even they don't even bring Filipino food because I don't think they know how to make Filipino food um and I always get questions from my friends like oh what's a good Filipino restaurant here and there I mean if you really think about it there's there's a few new restaurants that are opening up but like I mean you drive around Houston and you, what do you see like you see Chinese and Vietnamese restaurants you don't see Filipino restaurants I don't think we honestly we don't support our culture like that. We don't support each other like that. And I always kind of jokingly say that, yeah, the best Filipino food is when we have family parties and now it's kind of like, it's kind of dwindling down.
0: We, you know, we are going to go into this, this digress because I have been feeling this and I think it does tie in with this little seasonal depression that I'm feeling because when we think about our culture, It is very based around the holidays. Like right now in the Philippines, they are celebrating Christmas. They really are. And they have so much good food. Like my best friend is she flew to the Philippines yesterday. So I know she's having the time of her life right now, like enjoying the culture because she was born and raised there. She came here. And, you know, she always commends me on like, oh, you really do know how to cook our food considering that you were you're American. And so, um, you know how you say like our elders kind of, maybe they forgot how to cook and I can understand that because, you know, they all immigrated here and so they were just working for a long time. So I get it. Like, you know, even when I think of our language, how it's dying, like, yeah, I do try really hard to converse in Tagalog, but it's very sparse because who am I going to talk to here? like, my brothers don't speak, or they don't, like, you know, we can understand, but not, we don't talk. And I always found that quite interesting. And so when you talk about, oh, where are the Filipino restaurants? We are not the type of people to support each other. And that's, you know, that's what it is. Because even when you said that, I found myself criticizing the new, you know, Filipino restaurants opening. Because I was like, oh, I was thinking of, I don't remember the name. Yeah, Patis and Toyo. I was like, Filipino food is not pretty. But I remember going there and looking at the menu and I was like, they made it pretty. And so in my head, I was like, oh, this is not true Filipino food. Mm -hmm. So I'm, you know, I'm feeling that. I understand what you're saying. Because when we think of our childhood, we think of food, family and fun. That's what I think. If we always list things in three, food, family, and fun. And sometimes, uh, you know, I just feel pressure. Like I talked about that before Thanksgiving, the pressure of making things look good. And it's not, you know, when I was cooking for Thanksgiving, it was just me and my husband. It wasn't fun. Well, it was fun, but it wasn't like how I remember cooking, like staying in the kitchen with my family. It wasn't like that. It was like, oh... I'm just going to cook and make sure everything is there. Like, make sure I have an abundance of food. But really, I do enjoy cooking. I enjoyed cooking with my mom and grandma. Because, you know, everyone would have their own little job. And if you were doing it wrong, you would get corrected. But I don't have sisters. Like, I'm the only girl. So I don't get to enjoy that kind of, you know, fun. In, In my head, that's fun. So, like, when I think of my older girl cousins they're older than me like what you know what I mean like I didn't have to spend time with them like that and I'm sure you know their parents were working because my mom was a homemaker so she was always home but then when I think of our authors like their parents were working they didn't have that luxury of oh mom's home you can learn something so um, I I get what you're saying about the holidays and going forward like with Sober Curious Like, sometimes it's like, I want to keep the sobriety going, but I know it's going to be hard for the next three weeks.
1: Yeah, I feel like, um, to go off on a bit of a tangent here, I feel like there's some validity to the passport bros. You know, this, um, this modern phenomenon wherein, um, men go out to third world countries, right? Asia, um you know specifically like vietnam philippines thailand Asia. yeah or even like south america like cuba venezuela um and they go out and marry these traditional women because i feel like they they get you know these these women in these uh third world countries they have a a, a strong connection to their culture and i mean they have a big i mean a big part of it is is cooking is like food is a way to a man's heart right so i've never i've never personally been attracted to like filipino girls but i i find myself like considering fucking fuck you know just go back to the philippines and find a filipino girl so she could you know it sounds stupid but just so she could kind of um i don't know reinvigorate that that filipino culture like she'd know all the dishes like she doesn't have to be trained i mean, it sounds um some would call my speech misogynistic, but I mean, really, I just want, I, I just want what I grew up with. And, um, I know it sounds strange. Like you're not attracted to f- your own race, other Filipino girls. No, but I mean, I'm very much, um, very much attracted to, uh, like stability, like culture, like our, our culture. And I, am I wrong for wanting that for my kids or my future? So I'm like, I'm, I'm really considering that, you know, I swear to God, you look, you you try to find a Filipino girl here that knows that was born and raised here that knows how to cook our dishes or cook at all. I mean, it's, it's going to be, it's a rare find to be honest. I mean, do you, do you agree or disagree with me, cousin?
0: I, I do agree with you and I hate that I agree with you because you know, our culture, I love our people. I really do. But we are toxic as fuck. Like, we really are. We shoot for the stars. We, you know, we assimilated so well that we have forgotten who we truly are. And I understand you wanting to go to the Philippines and finding you a a traditional Filipino woman. But I might want to say this. Like, do you actually think it's still like that? Like, yeah, these these dudes are going, like, these men are going over there to, you know, jungle Asia, as I like to say. And they're going into the, pro- like, provincial areas and finding this. But if you go to the city, do you think you're still going to find someone like that? Because my mom always talks about moving back. And then, you know, sometimes I, I have to throw the grains of salt because it's like, mom, you know, you haven't been back in a while. Do you still think the culture is the same? Because my, my bestie talks about this all the time. It's so different. She says it's very different. Like, it's not how, you know, your your mom would picture it to be. Like, your mom went to the Philippines. Like, she went back recently or, like, you know, a few years ago. I don't know if she talked to you about it, but I don't I don't know if, you know, did she ever say, is it, like, the same? Are people the same? Because I remember at your house, your uncle was there. And we were looking at those videos of um, Grace Park and how he was saying, oh, yeah, like I can tell you all these stories. But then it's like if they go back there, is it the same thing? Or are people in the Philippines wanting to be so Americanized that they're westernized at this point? Because I was reading that, you know, Tagalog is the dying language. And it kind of sucks that, you know, I'm not. I'm not a native speaker and I really am trying so hard. Like I'm, I'm really trying to converse. But then when I speak with people, they, they can off the bat say, oh, you're American. And so sometimes I go online and I read how American Filipinos feel about going to the Philippines. And sometimes it feels like I'm not Filipino enough. Even though I know how to cook our food, I know our traditions it's just, you know, it's kind of off putting. Yep, yeah, like it it really is.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a good point. I don't I think there is some truth. I feel like um I feel like you're right, if we go back to the Philippines it's it's kind of it's not the same as when our, our parents, you know, last lived there, right? Like four decades ago or something like that. Five decades ago. Um and yeah, as far as Myself, personally, I don't really speak Tagalog at all. I could maybe understand 15%, 20%. But, yeah, there's something about this immediate assimilation that you find with um, Filipinos that you don't find with other Asians, right? Like, you've, all my Chinese, Vietnamese, Korean friends, they that's their first language, is their home language. And, and for me, you know, my, my mom thought it would confuse me if she taught me Tagalog. So, I only speak English, and... Yeah. I always regretted that. And I was like, I always regretted not learning for sure. And yeah, my mom did, you know, about I think 10, 15 years ago, go back to the Philippines and just, just one kind of heartbreaking story is like, obviously when you go back to the Philippines, you, they're, it's like ex- expected, like you're supposed to bring gifts. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, her, her childhood friend, you know, met her, picked her up from the airport or whatever. And I mean, I'm talking within like four hours, like legit stole from my mom, like she stole all like all the gifts that she was going to give people. So it's, yeah, it's a little bit, there is that like scarcity mentality for sure. And, um, I mean, I think you're right. I think you're right. It might not be the same. I think we're having this idealized vision of what, what the Philippines is, um, what our have told and what, what they've told us and. Yeah. Um, good thing, bad thing. I mean, I don't know. U S and Philippines have a great relationship. Let's put it that way. And, um, yeah, I feel like that's, uh, that's one of the reasons why, you know, Philippines is, um, you look at our, our culture, we just absorb like the Western culture so readily, so readily. I mean, there's that famous, one of the early viral videos of a Filipino jail and they're They're, they're dancing to Michael Jackson's Thriller, and I know it's kind of a funny example to bring up, but yeah, uh, Filipinos are so. We were warriors. Yeah, we we were. We killed Magellan. We did kill Magellan. We used to. I mean, we were full on jungle Asian. Straight up killed that dude. um, Got enslaved by the Spanish for a while, but I feel like it's there's something about the Filipino identity that wants to just kind of shed its shell shed itself of the culture and and assimilate with the um with the dominant culture was which is the western culture mm-hmm. am i shit i'm a product of western culture without a doubt you know
0: do you kind of hate it mm-hmm. i feel like in a way i've lost my identity i de- like and that's a big thing in america we want to be like a melting pot But I want to go back to the Philippines but I don't think I'll be accepted and that's a hard thing to swallow like your own people not accepting you so you know throughout these past 30 days when I when I think about the first week how I was listing off those symptoms listing off how it's like really hard and then two like week two it's like okay it's not as bad we you know I'm exercising I'm trying I'm trying. Week three, I'm feeling great about myself. Week four, like here we are. I feel great. But now I'm thinking about how did I get here? And so, you know, it's funny that you do ring up our childhood. I've been thinking a lot about our childhood and how how did I get here? Because I was touching on like high quality people. And sometimes, you know, I think like, oh, is that a classist, elitist thing to think? So, you know, I'm really nervous about moving forward, like, the next 30 days, because I mapped out these 30 days. I said, I'm going to stick to it, but I didn't think that my mind would change this much. Like, when I was going through that little Candace, era, Candace Owens era, like, it really got me thinking, like, you know, is there more to this? Like, are we, like, I'm thinking, like, expanding, like, in the cosmos, like, are is this it? Are we just living on this earth and that's it? And it's kind of like tail spinning me into a depression. So, but I'm really glad you sent me that video this morning about reptile people. It it kind of it 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 uplifted me. It really did.
1: Yeah, we're getting uh, we're going off on tangents here, but yeah, I sent her a video of the a little bit of a conspiracy rabbit hole of reptilians that live in the firmament. But I don't know how we got from Candace to one to there, but I mean, let's just go with it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, is there, is there all, because it's like our family came here to have a better life and here we are supposedly better off, well-to-do privileged. And we're, we're essentially sitting here, you know, almost complaining about it. But I feel like that is, um, that is, that is what we get for, 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 for assimilating our culture here. It's like we adopt the Western culture. And we were talking about this last week. What is the Western culture? It's just like this hedonism, this, um, I mean, this weed culture essentially. Well, I'm not... Consumerism. consumerism. I'm not saying that all weed culture is bad, but, you know, we listed out the toxic traits of, of weed culture the other week. And it's, yeah, it's it's a bit of a, a personality that I adopted in... Growing up here, I started in high school, and I'm kind to kind of trying to shed that a little bit and, and reveal like what's what's left beneath it. And you're talking about plans for the next thirty days. You know, I'm never one to plan at all. I don't write shit down. I just kind of go with it and just live. Um, but there are overall general goals. Like I want to maintain my sobriety um for the foreseeable future well into next year uh in fact you know your brother has some drug test strips at his house so i'm definitely uh within a couple days i'm gonna on a piss on one and um see what happens and also you know not too off topic i want to piss on a pregnancy test because apparently (laughs) if if a dude pisses on a pregnancy test and it comes out positive that means you have like like cancer or something have you heard of that
0: I haven't heard of that but I do have some HGC, HCG HCG tests downstairs if you want to take a few with you.
1: Ooh, I'm also um so HCG is that is like human yeah. human chorionic gonadotropin something. Yeah. I remember I used to take it was the med terms in high school. But yeah, I'd like to piss on a a pregnancy test just cuz uh I'll give you 10. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. But now I want to see if my system is clean. Um yeah, the last time I was clean was uh, in my pharmacy days and um, since we're going off tangents here, I remember trying to get clean for the first time, and I don't you know I, I had a job interview at this pharmacy, and I'd only been clean for about two weeks. and I mean, all the stoners will know all these like at home detoxifying kind of holistic methods. and I remember going to grass city forums or whatever. And looking at methods to get clean. And one of the top ones was Palo Azul. Um, So I went to Fiesta and bought some, it's literally like just bark. And I um, boiled some up in a tea. I drank like two liters of that. And I pissed clean. And I kind of want, yeah, I want to get this job I'm going out for in the medical area. I'll just put it that way, in the pharmacy area sector. Uh, Obviously, they drug test some. um, that's one of my goals. I want to piss clean without the help of uh, any, any um, Palo Azul or any like synthetic urine. I just want to, I want to piss clean. Yeah.
0: You know, I, I also want to try that because, you know, with my history, I think I've always needed assistance. And so, you know, that's a really exciting thing. I think I want to look forward to that as well because this is kind of very rewarding. Like we're going through self-discovery and it I know it's only been 30 days, but that it's really mind altering. It's like, wow, was I that person 31 days ago? Like I have, I feel really good. I feel proud of myself. I don't feel that, you know, insecurity anymore. And that's a weird thing. I don't know if it had to do with any of the cannabis, but I felt locked. Like I felt locked in, I felt locked in, you know, that stoner mentality where it's like, oh, I, you know, I'm living to smoke. And so that's what I mean when I'm scared to go back and try cannabis because, yeah, I, the goal was not to be sober. The goal was to, you know have maybe tea breaks every now and then because when I talk about my usage with cannabis it was heavy it was very heavy you know that's not a normal thing to want to smoke every day like when I'm reading my diaries I'm like wow you know a part of me really wanted to get sober 10 years ago because maybe I had you know in the back of my mind I knew that this was like a detrimental thing it could have turned into something else Because as I'm thinking about like our family history and how we came this way, you know, I think a lot about mental illness and sometimes I really do feel like I'm not all there, but I've gotten tested and everything. It's like, no, you're all there. But I don't know why I was stuck in that, you know, gear for such a long time where I kept trying to convince myself that I'm crazy because I don't know. Now that when I think of December, like the first thing that comes into my head is scared. Like I am scared because it's like, what, what is there to expect? I haven't, I haven't experienced a December sober. I, I, this was my first November sober in a very long time. So now I have to, you know, I'm going to try really hard to get through the holidays without cannabis, but I will say this cousin, I don't know if I'm going to, take some shrooms (laughs) like maybe it will take the edge off maybe I should make that goal where I I don't you know holistically heal myself (laughs) but I will you know I will say this experimenting with alcohol I get it I get it but that's also a slippery slope because you know I'm thinking about addiction and how it runs in our family
1: Yeah. I've never been one for alcohol. You know, personally, uh, we'll use some Reddit terminology here. I'm a 29 M and yeah, I, I don't like drinking at all. I get the Asian flush. Um, so I don't, I think it's like, I don't possess the alleles or whatever to digest alcohol. So I guess technically I'm allergic to alcohol. Whenever I drink it, I get red, I get flush, I can't breathe. And I mean, I mean a lot of people like alcohol, but it was just for me, I always preferred cannabis because it's like, shit, I got to drink all of this to get to feel, to, it just felt wasteful. It felt like it wasn't efficient. Almost like I f- felt like smoking was so efficient and yeah. Um, yeah. W- what, what made you get into drink? Is it just wine that you're into right now?
0: Yeah. I'm d- I'm just into wine. I don't think I have that, you know, hard liquor in me. Wine is pretty interesting. It changes when you aerate it, the flavors change. I think I'm more into like with cannabis, I was very into strains like, oh, how did this strain get here? Like, how did that get crossbred? I think it's the the science behind it because wine is kind of very simple, but not really because, you know, I've been getting into, you know, like when they age wine, like when did this grape, you know, when was this grape picked? So when they talk about like the age of the wine or like the year the wine is, I have found myself standing in the grocery store looking up where that grape came from and then the weather of that year. And I know nothing about wine. So I don't think I'm trading vices right now. I think I'm just hyper focusing on science.
1: I mean, that's fair. I was so I'm a big coffee head myself. And there's always uh, the importance of like the origin of the bean. And you're talking about like grapes, like what was the weather that year? And if you want to get like kind of, I don't know, uh, let's use like stoner, stoner terminology or like this is viewed through the the stoner lens that I used to view everything from. If you think about uh, experiencing a, uh, a glass of wine or experiencing a cup of coffee, you're really like you're. What you're tasting is like the the environment it was grown in. You're so like the wine is the the medium through which you experience that environment. If that makes sense, like you're literally you're 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 tasting all of all of the processes that went behind it. Like you're tasting um, all the fact like the all the sunlight and soil and 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 yeah, you're just tasting the environment you're using coffee or you're using wine to, to like, for example, like, you know, anybody who knows African beans have this like intense fruitiness behind it. Um, and part of it has to do with like the altitude it's grown at, etc. cetera. So I guess I how you can get into that with wine and wine being very, you know, you don't associate wine with like, like hard alcoholics, right? It's not like a, like a clear liquor. Um, you know, that, that stereotype of like, Soccer moms, winos, it's very, very innocent, but <laughs> you start getting into brown liquor, like clear liquor. Yeah. You, you, you imagine like getting into um, like fucking cirrhosis and you're just drinking, you're just drinking like a brown liquid and that's how you, that's like how you die, you know? Uh, fuck. That's a, that's a dark path right there. Um, it is cirrhosis, right?
0: Yeah, it's, it is cirrhosis. And I like how you're talking about environment because... That is very important when it comes to humans as well. (laughs) Like I'm tying it back to that because that's all I was thinking about environment. Like how, how did we grow up? What is our origin? And, you know, how did we get here? Why are we here? And so I think, you know, environment is a very good, you know, way to think of December. I don't know. I'm just trying to reason that out. Like why I'm feeling so scared. Our environment is really important. Like when I took myself out of that stoner environment, a lot of things changed. Like I use a lot of emotional intelligence. Yeah, I read while I was stoning out, I read all these things about humans and how we act. And, you know, like when I talk about emotional intelligence, I'm able to apply it now because sometimes I felt like I read about all those things and I never applied it because I was just so dull into cannabis and now that my eyes are, you know, they're opening, I think, you know, environment, we should be thinking about our environment. Because, you know, it's the holidays, people like to party during the holidays. And I have, you know, I have a few parties that I'm, you know, supposed to be going to. And, you know, these are with friends that, like, these are friends that I, some of these parties are friends that I haven't seen in a long time. And they're still in that culture. And so I don't know how I'm going to assimilate. I really don't. And you know, even though sober November's over and I still want to continue being sober, I can't say that I will. And that I think that's what's scaring me right now because it feels like, "Oh, okay, I'm free to smoke." So, you know, this this 30-day update is, you know, I don't know. It's making me feel kind of overwhelmed. But I'm happy to be able to express that, and not want to kill myself. (laughs) Well,
1: I'm glad I'm glad that you don't want to kill yourself or unalive, as it were. Um, For me, it's like okay, I've got these thirty days under my belt, and you could look at it two ways. You could look at it as like like I'm you know like fuck I'm so high up like fuck if I fall right now like it's all those thirty days are gone. So you could look at it that way, or you could look at it as like hey, I've got thirty down like that was easy let's let's do another 30 more so it's just kind of the way you look at it that'll help um propel you into the future and to um set your goals and achieve them um yeah you're you're mentioning December a lot I mean tomorrow is going to be December 1st It's the end of the year um fuck I'll, I'll mention I have a different type of anxiety that's um yeah it's officially about three months until I turned 30. As I mentioned before, I'm 29 M and I mean, that's scary for me going into my thirties kind of, um, essentially with like a reset in life. Um, left my, um, I left my previous career. Uh, I used to own a coffee shop and that was my whole identity. I mean, we we talk about the stoner identity and how I kind of, shed that for a month and I mean equally as as big or a big factor in my life was yeah this coffee shop that I owned and it's just like without it who am I and I'm using this sober journey to kind of help find out who I am and it's kind of funny because it feels like I've been down this road before but it's like um I don't know how to explain it it's like a like the Fibonacci spiral right you're if you look at the spiral head on, like from the bird's eye view, it's like, you're just in a circle, but it's like, I've been here before, but this circle is spiraling outward and, you know, for better, for worse. Um, I mean, we'll see where it takes me because, um, I, I've, I was sober many years ago and I feel like I'm going down a similar, a similar path, but just with a different mindset. Um, I remember when I was sober then, I was, you know, those weed tubers, people who smoke weed on YouTube, they were big back then, and I would just follow all the weed tubers I could, and I would just like watch their videos and almost smoke vicariously through them, and now I don't, I don't find myself doing that at all, I find that was kind of a funny idea, just, just vicariously getting high through people online, and yeah, you mentioned these parties that you got coming up, and it's just like, how do I how do I interact with these people that are, you know, still within the weed culture still operate on that level. And I don't know what advice to give you. Cause I'm always fucking awkward at parties too. But I feel like if you're, if you're stable and you know, you know what you got going on, I don't think it should affect you that much. Um, yeah. You know what I'm saying? If you smoke, you smoke, if you don't, it's like, okay, it's, Either way, it's on your own volition. I think I think that that should empower you the most. It's like if I smoke, it's okay. If I don't, that's that's fine as well. But it's just like at least I have the power to choose on both ends. If that makes sense.
0: Oh, it it makes a lot of sense because you know I I told myself, hey, you know it it is a journey. It's a sober curious journey. You never had the inten- intention of you know staying straight sober. Because you know, I I started drinking wine. Some people think you know, once you drink wine, you're not sober. That's you broke sobriety. So I, even if I do partake, I don't think I'm gonna be as hard as I'm thinking, as hard as on my on myself as I'm thinking I'm going to be, because I always like to you know, you know, have that grace and leeway. So I'm I. It's just being nervous because I haven't, I haven't felt being nervous since you know the beginning of the month like I haven't felt this insecurity towards cannabis before and I think that's why I keep mentioning December like okay maybe I can go 60 days and it'll be fine but I can't guarantee that because I still want to experience some things elevated some things deserve to be elevated yeah like I'm excited for the next month I really wish we had 30-day d- coins, but that's kind of patronizing to people that are actually you know, trying, like that are actually really struggling. But yeah, this this was my update. I I think it's a great update.
1: No, I feel great. Yeah. I mean, to get off topic a little bit, I've I've been hearing this like constant noise in the background. I just figured out what it was. I forgot that you live close to an airport and it's just like constantly planes taking off. So there's that like intense kind of rumbling in the background and it's almost like it's very, it's very intense. It's almost like, you know how in horror movies they put like the super low frequency in the background. So you're just like, oh shit, something's about to happen. That's what I've been feeling this whole podcast. Like, oh fuck, this is like slight anxiety. No, but I I do have hope for the future. I do. And I hope to keep doing this podcast. I plan on staying sober. I don't know if we'll, um. I don't know where, where this podcast is going to lead us, but I do enjoy coming here and just talking into a microphone in a dark room. It's fun. I don't know who's out there listening, but thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. And this is uh 29M signing off for now.
0: Yeah. Thank you guys for really listening. I know a lot of you have, you know, really, really listen and hopefully I can continue this journey. I, I think we're going to keep going Well, with the podcast. I'll let you guys know if I'm still sober on the next one. Well, 31F signing off. Bye guys.